Welcome to the 2016 A24 Oscars, the greatest award show of the season. I'm your host, Eric Kiska, drinking champagne like a 20th century witch in the moonlight. Tonight there will be seven lucky lobsters from the 2016 year of A24, but first I'm going to shoot it down to the green room where my fashion correspondent Kelly Kiska is on the lookout for tonight's American honeys. Kelly, what kind of Swiss Army men do we have down there? Yes, so exciting to tell you what an exciting night that it is. I'm so glad that I also can have this glass of champagne that I get to enjoy during the show, but I'm looking out for fashion. I'm looking out for something new, something fresh, something avant-garde. And is that, is that Colin Farrell? Is he walking by right there wearing custom lobster? by Gucci. Well, he looks great. He looks amazing. I think I might have a chance to talk to Anya Taylor-Joy if I could just catch her. If I could just... If I, she, she's she's moving fast. She looks gorgeous. Everyone looks beautiful. I'm, I'm having bad luck catching anyone. I'm going to throw it back to you, Eric. Okay. Well, uh, we're, we're not seeing any actors or actresses or they're not stopping by, but that's okay because we have Cole over here to intimidate them to come by. Cole, how's it going down there? Oh, it's going all right. I'm just uh, keeping the peace, making sure no one enters the back door. Uh, I, uh, I raided my mother-in-law's liquor cabinet and got myself some uh, Smirnoff ice and having a good time, boys. <laughs> Fantastic. Kevin, I see that you are my fellow host down there, too. Are you getting uh, any luck finding any uh, celebrities or anything? No, sir. No no luck down here, Eric. Uh, still looking for them uh, fashionistas to be walking by and some famous people, but instead I'm just drinking. Drinking by myself and wishing that the famous people would walk on by. I picked a Pucker Patch slushy tonight, which is, uh, you know, one of my favorites from Lion's Tail Brewing, and it's got all sorts of fruit. But that's not the point. I need famous people to come by so I can ask them really important questions. Otherwise, what's the point of wearing a tie? Well, I actually do think I see one famous person out there. It's a fellow YouTuber, our special guest, and fellow film reviewer and cocktail enthusiast, Brandon Johnston, a.k.a. The Martini Shot. Brandon, how's it going? I am doing great. Thank you guys for inviting me back on, especially for such a monumental occasion. Uh, I'm hoping some more actual famous people will start rolling by. I did try to talk to <laughs> Mahershala Ali earlier. I asked him about the Blade movie, and he punched me in the throat. So we're just going to keep moving. Oh. <laughs> Such a shame. And uh, tonight, what are you I drinking? Also, yeah, I am also drinking. I figured we we're going to be classy tonight, so I went ahead and made James Bond's favorite cocktail, the Vesper a martini variation I love dearly and will cause me trouble later on in the night. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm curious. And uh, Snoop Dogg actually stopped by my house and dropped off some Cali Gold Champagne, so that is what I am drinking tonight. Cheers to Snoop Dogg, everybody. Cheers. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a wonderful year, and in my opinion, 2016 was A24's best year yet out of the four years we've uh, reviewed here. They, of course, produced their first film, which also won Best Picture at the Oscars in Moonlight. We saw the start of a career for an A24 favorite in Robert Eggers with his film The Witch. This was the same film that really launched Hollywood starlet Anya Taylor-Joy's career. 
We also saw the Daniels make their feature film directorial debut in Swiss Army Man, the same man who would go on to direct another A24 Best Picture Oscar winner and Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, Kevin, before we get into the nominees, I know that you probably have seen the least amount of A24 films between all of us, not calling you out here, but uh, I'm prefacing a question, so I'm going to ask you, what did you think about this year of A24 films as a whole after we've reviewed every single film from this year? Well, I'm so glad you asked. As the audience probably knows, like you said, I came into this podcast having watched a total of zero A24 movies. So now we are on in the mid our 40s and having reviewed some utter garbage in the beginning. <laughs> and we've all agreed um, Revenge of the Green Dragons was was quite terrible, uh, barely lethal, etc. But I won't bore the audience with that. Uh, to answer your question, this year was fantastic. All of these movies... Um, that we have nominated tonight all are excellent in their own right it truly uh, showcases A24 and what they will go on to become and really gives the audience this first taste of what we call the A24 vibe and what that style of movie kind of uh, goes on to become for cinephiles everywhere Uh, it's an excellent representation from start to finish of some of the highs um, from some action-packed films to some emotional dramas to just some thrillers some horrors just everything mixed in between and i really enjoy that about this year and it makes me excited to see what's going to happen in the future definitely beautiful beautiful Tonight, we will be giving out seven awards from the 2016 year of A24. Just like last year, these seven categories will include Best Screenplay, Original or Adapted, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Director, and of course, Best Picture. I have uh, compiled the list of nominees and sent it to my fellow judges for approval, so we have all approved on the list. And after I read the nominees for one award, we will each take turns voting on who we think should be the winner, and we will briefly explain why we picked them. Whoever gets the most votes wins, and if we are in a tie, then I will decide who to shoot it back to for a tie-breaking vote. Let's get started with the Best Supporting Actor category, shall we? Drum roll. So, Best Supporting Actor. We have Daniel Radcliffe in Swiss Army Man. Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, Patrick Stewart in Green Room, Martin Landau in Remember, and Billy Crudup in 20th Century Woman. And Brandon, since uh, you this is the first time that you're on our uh, A24 Oscars, I will give it to you to uh, pick your winner for Best Supporting Actor and briefly explain why. Awesome. Uh, well, this wasn't too hard of a choice for me, and all will be for forgiven for getting punched in the throat because my pick is Mahershala Ali, uh, just one of the quintessential examples of doing so much with such little time on screen. Uh, I wasn't super familiar with his work before Moonlight, uh, but I got to see it um, at a premiere in Savannah, Georgia. And his the movie itself is just an experience, especially when you're just sitting in a dark room full of a bunch of strangers who are just as in tune with the film as you are. Mahershala Ali does something that's so subtle and so understated, yet so impactful. And it can't really be denied just how terrific of an actor he is, how much emotion he can kind of put into a character that is relatively restrained, but just the little bits of that person that he gives us is more than enough to make him uh, basically 
sorry, the Vesper's already getting to me. I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, <laughs> You're good. Uh, it, it just goes to show that he's very deserving of the award, and uh, yeah, he's my choice. Fantastic. One vote for Mahershala Ali. Let's uh, shoot it over to Kelly next. Who is your winner? Well, without completely saying everything that Brandon just said, Mahershala Ali gets my vote as well. The, I would say it was, out of all of these performances, it's the most stuck in my mind, so the most impactful and the most authentic. Without saying anything about the other actors, everyone did a great job, of course, but the authenticity of this character and the way that he performed it was just, it, it deserves awards. So I'm happy to uh, give him one from me. Fantastic. Cole, uh, you got two votes for Mahershal Ali. Will you uh, make him a winner here? Well, you know, uh, Brandon did say that, you know, Ali did the most with such little screen time. But you could also argue that Daniel Radcliffe did the most with no words spoken ever. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I really well, he spoke a few words. Oh, well, yeah, 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 I guess. Mostly dead, yeah, though, yeah. He played a dead guy <laughs> through the whole film. Uh, yeah. I think I think, you know, Radcliffe did a phenomenal job in Swiss Army Man. Uh, great film. But when I think about the movie Moonlight, I think about Ali, even though, like Brandon said, he was only in the film for a short period of time. But I love Moonlight. And when I think of that, I think of him and his performance. So as much as I liked Swiss Army Man and the dead body, I got to give it to Ali. I'm sorry. Kevin, are you uh, going to make it four for four? Or so four out of five, I guess. I'm actually very glad that Cole gave Daniel Radcliffe his you know, his roses. Um, I very much agree. And this is an honorable mention because I can't disagree with this. And I'm just going to cut the chase. Mahershala Ali is also my vote. But uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and the only reason I don't think he's best supporting is because Swiss Army Man doesn't work without Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano almost equally. Mm. So it's very hard for me to call Paul Dano the leading actor and, and Daniel Radcliffe the supporting actor, even though Radcliffe doesn't have any lines, but because that film is so integrated between those two characters, and that's mostly the reason that I go for Mahersha Ali in this situation, is because as much as I absolutely adore Swiss Army Man, and it is my favorite A24 movie that I've seen so far, um, but that's a personal thing from an from a actor, from putting these guys all next to each other. We've all kind of echoed it a little bit. But what I loved about Mahersha Ali's performance is that it truly was the kind of epicenter of hope in that film, meaning that there was some good in the world still for our young protagonist to kind of hold on to. Even though he was surrounded in darkness in his role in the movie, there was still something shining about not only his character, but his performance and just everything about that role. I mean, you guys already touched on it so much is memorable because of just the subtlety of his performance, the body language, the way that it's he's captured just fills the screen and it is just wonderful so yeah definitely Mahersha Ali is my vote for best mm -hmm. supporting actor and uh I'm I'm gonna make it a clean sweep I mean he won he won Oscar an Oscar for a reason and he steals the screen when he's on it and he provides such depth of character in this role like he you know you see him at the start he's a drug dealer and then he goes into this kind of being a father figure to little and Without his character, it it would really be not as much of a film, you know? Like, it sets up this whole film in such a unique way because that is the father figure Little had to look up to uh, his whole life. And, spoiler, that's almost kind of what he turns into later, too. And, uh, yeah, what a great character. What a great actor. 
and I, I love Moonlight so much. Uh, so let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. Our nominees are Janelle Monet in Moonlight, Riley Keogh in American Honey, Evan Rachel Wood in Into the Forest, Greta Gerwig in 20th Century Woman, and Elle Fanning in 20th Century Woman. So we have two supporting actresses from 20th Century Woman nominated. Kevin, who will be the winner for you? All right. So at the beginning of this podcast, we were all discussing that if I wasn't allowed to vote for both Greta Gerwig and Elle Fanning for 20th Century Woman, (laughs) I wasn't going to pick either of them. I was very, very adamant about this fact. But I've thought about it, and the more I twist it around in my mind, the more that Greta Gerwig in 20th Century Woman as Abby sticks out for me as the performance of that particular film that had me the most interested, the most depth of character, someone who changes a little bit as the film progresses, uh, almost to an extreme at the end, but there's just something about that performance that really grabbed my attention. She also was kind of a guiding force um, for our main character in that film. And there's just um, some presence that I really enjoyed from her uh, during that entire movie. So without going too much more into it, because I do think that Elle Fanning um, also gave a fantastic um, performance in that particular movie. But if I'm not allowed to pick both, I'm going to have to pick Greta Gerwig. And that's my vote. Fantastic. And I'm sure the Barbie director will appreciate that. Yes, yes, I'm Cole? sure she will. <laughs> uh, was that enough for you? Will you will you uh, uh, follow suit, or will you pick somebody else? Uh, well, you know, I've uh, I haven't seen the Barbie movie, but I've definitely caught up in the in the craze of it. I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan, so I, I believe that we are all Ken enough or Kenna. Um <laughs> I I you know this was a hard one, like. Kevin alluded to, I mean, 20th Century Woman, we, we you know, sang its praises for all the acting uh, and all the portrayals of all the characters in that movie. I mean, it was a phenomenal film just from a talent aspect of everyone putting it in. But um, I have to give it to the person that I think I would want to hang out with and be friends with and I thought was kind of a, a an awesome person in that movie, and that's going to be Greta, Greta, Greta Gerwig. Also, my mom's name is Greta, so I don't know if I have to... You know, disclose that, but uh, yeah. maybe a uh, bit of a, a little bias, bias there. I guess. You actually <laughs> did. Yeah. Do we have you to would be you arrested otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Well, she spells it with two T's, so I think spelling it with one T is kind of weird because I've grown up with the double T. So I, you know, maybe there's a, a, a wiggle room there. Your mom spells it with two T's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Is that a statement or a your mom joke? <laughs> your mom spells it with two T's. Both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your mom's a 20th century woman. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Kelly, uh, who will you pick next? Yeah. So I'm going to return to the same movie. But um, for me, I think that while everyone had a really strong performance in that whole entire movie and like. Cole said we sang the praises. For me, it's Elle Fanning who is going to get my vote. I think that she really stood out for me in this movie. There's this really delicate balance that her character had to play between this, like, she's kind of like a hard ass. She's kind of a badass. She's kind of cold at the same time. She's warm. She's vulnerable. She's open. She So she encompasses 
all of these characteristics without even being one of the main characters of the story. Um, and she does it, like I said previously. I think that authenticity is a word that I say a lot when it comes to acting performances. And again, super authentic. I would believe that she was just picked up off the street and that's just who she was as a person. So she gets that vote from me. I think that she did a great job. And there's a lot of points of script that her character says that I thought were extremely impactful and had someone else maybe given those lines without the performance that she did, maybe it wouldn't have hit me to the core as much as it did. So my vote's for her. All right. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to slip myself in there uh, before we get a final vote. (laughs) I'm going to agree with Kelly here. I'm going to agree. Elle Fanning uh, should be the winner of this. And Greta Gerwig was hilarious in this movie. Like, I really loved her character and what she did with the character, but... Elle Fanning, like, just like uh, I was talking about with Mahershal Ali, she provides a lot of depth of character. There's a lot going on under the surface that uh, she does with the character. Like, you you see what she says, but you know that there's so much more going on. And the way she delivers that with her face and uh, the way she says the dialogue, it really delivers a full character to me. And I, I really loved her portrayal. Brandon, you are the tiebreaker here. Uh, or you could just go a completely different direction and not go 20th Century Woman, and then uh, Eric to I will have to actually... Yeah. Um, yeah. Herschel Ali for a second time. No, actually. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah let, let, let's uh, talk about 20th Century Woman, because when yeah. you, uh, Eric, sent me this list, uh, this was actually one of the few films I hadn't seen yet. And, okay. I, and I don't know why uh, it had just missed uh, my line of view for so long. Uh, and as I was starting to watch it, I was like, okay, is this something that I'm going to be into? And then I looked at the director was Mike Mills and, uh, come on, come on is a movie that I love to death. Absolutely love to death. And it was a 24, right? It was a 24. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Um, so I was already knowing that I was going to have this film affect me on probably a deeper level than I was expecting. And there was one particular character that reminded me a lot of people I know and reminded me a lot of myself, a lot of just kind of the weird place you find yourself when you're at this kind of age and all that kind of jazz. And her performance really felt grounded. It felt funny. It was something that really resonated with me. And it was a performance I really wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. But I'm going to have to go with the highest grossing female director of all time, Greta Gerwig. All right. (laughs) Suck it, kiss kiss. Suck it. Greta Gerwig steals it. (laughs) At least we can all agree that movie kicked ass. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was such a surprising movie. Uh, well, it was my second time seeing it, but like actually watching it again was just surprising to me after watching all of these films. Surprising this year. is a great word. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to rewrite the whole nominee list uh, to add more. Yeah, because it was the last one that we did, right? Century woman. Yeah. 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 We're like, yeah. oh crap! We all gave this a great grade, and we all loved it. We better put it in the Oscars. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I saw it before. I'm like, I, I don't know if I liked it as much uh, the time I saw it like five years ago, and then I watched it. I was like, this is fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of those movies, too. Like, every five years, you're going to watch it again and, like, pick up mm-hmm. a whole new thing from it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like, for sure. that Great movie. Awesome. All right. So let's move on to the best screenplay category. 
the uh, writers that should be appreciated as much as the actors and the directors, right? Yeah, that's right. Everybody. Amen. Please. <laughs> Yeah, I'm well. I'm a writer myself, so I want to be appreciated more. So thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, the writers <laughs> support the writers' strike. We appreciate strike. you, yeah. Eric. Too. Yeah. Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, we're we're just yeah. we're loving on films here. We're and films from several years ago. We're not currently making. Well, I don't know if Brandon's currently making a film, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm not union, anyway. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we got a scab. Right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Best screenplay, original or adapted. Uh, since you know we have a less, uh, a smaller amount of films to pick from, I have combined both original and adapted. So far, we have Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Yorgos Lanthimos and Athemis Filippo for The Lobster. Uh, yeah, I, I hope I got that last one right. Um, anyway, <laughs> Mike Mills for 20th Century Woman, The Daniels for Swiss Army Man, Trey Edward Schultz. For Cretia as the last nominee. So, let's start out with Kelly, since we have not started out with her yet. This one is so difficult for me, and I was definitely going to be easily swayed by what the rest of you voted, I'm not going to lie. But I think I have to go with my gut, and it's not even that I'm going with my heart, because I think some of these, when I think about like just even reading it like a book, right? I don't know if that's the way I should be looking at it, but I do. I'm like, there's some of these that are going to sit here and like touch my my psyche and make more of an impact than I think even the one I'm going to vote for. But the one that I'm going to vote for is so original and off the wall and creative that that's why it's going to get my vote. And that's Yorgos Lanthimos and Ephemus Filippo oh, yeah. for The Lobster. It is such a... I mean, we've we've discussed the movie, but like the the speaking pattern is unique. The story itself is off the wall. I'm repeating myself, but just what a creative concept. So really, really original. Um, and I think that for those like originality points and just different way of looking at things through a totally new, unique lens um, is why it's going to get that vote for me. Awesome. Yeah, I mean... I think I saw a list of, like, the most original films of all time, and this was, like, on the top ten. Because, yeah, the, what an original sci-fi film. Like, Cole would, said, like, how did they pitch this film? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's shoot it over to Cole next, actually. Cole, who oh, do you think should win Best Screenplay? Man. So I, like Kelly, and I'm sure everyone else, had a, probably this was one probably one of the hardest categories because... If you if you go for like purely original, the lobster is obviously the winner. But if you go for just overall best, you know, script and, and best story and best kind of like screenplay and writing and dialogue, uh, I think I'm gonna go with my gut and I'm gonna go with what I originally had and I'm not gonna be swayed and I'm going with 20th Century Woman because I just think the dialogue and the overall story and how they interconnected and they had all these you know all these characters were so developed and so fleshed out and you fell in love with each each one individually and i think they just the dialogue and the writing was just phenomenal in that movie so i i just got to give it to that one all right let's uh go to brandon next who do you think should win best screenplay well i'm sure it doesn't beg repeating but this was also a very hard uh category to choose for 
Uh, I really had to dig into my past for this one. I had to really look at my screenwriting minor that I have and my one uh, <laughs> short film festival award that I got like four years Ooh. ago that I lead every conversation with. Um, <laughs> thank you. I yeah. would too. I mean, come on. As you yeah. should. I mean, it, it, it's the Cary yeah. Short Film Festival. Like, you got you to gotta rep it. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. this, like I said, this one was very tough, but I love originality. And it's one thing to have a really good concept film, a really out there idea, but it's a whole other thing to actually make it mean something. And that's what I think The Lobster succeeds at so, so well. And that's why I think that's going to be my pick uh, for the Best Screenplay Award. Yorgos is one of those uh, filmmakers who every time I see one of his new movies, I always think, like, this shouldn't work. But really, the thing I should be saying is, in a lesser filmmaker's hands, this won't work. And Yorgos is incredible the way that he just makes this off-kilter dialogue works so well and be so funny even when it doesn't seem like it's always trying to be it's impeccable it's such a unique story that i just love and i just wish we had more movies like it so god bless yorgos i hope to god poor things somehow comes out this year so we can <laughs> talk about that later but yeah yeah so i'm gonna go with the lobster all right so we got two votes for the lobster one for 20th century woman kevin what will you decide? Well, not to hold on to too many spoilers for our listening audience, I think that I'm going to go with my original pick that Kelly and Brandon have also decided on because The Lobster just was something, wow, memorable, I guess is the best way to describe that movie. While watching it for the very first time, having no context, no trailer, no nothing, it was a true what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and that's perfectly fine because while you digest it and you learn from it and you kind of pick it apart later on, especially from the guise of a movie review, you really can see that it is a true work of art. From start to finish, the way that he was able to write some screenplay that basically on paper and again I'm not trying to echo Cole too much but it doesn't make sense or Brandon said it too you all said it, it doesn't make sense he shouldn't be able to get away with it but he does <laughs> and it was just so good that it's just my easy vote um, the lobster for sure uh, for best screenplay so you're kind of kind of like uh, Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad you can't keep getting away can't with this away. <laughs> yeah that's exactly where I'm at yes but, he, but it's fine and I'm okay with it well I will go with my original uh, vote, even though it won't change anything. Um, I picked Mike Mills for 20th Century Woman, and although I really appreciate Women the power. originality of The Lobster, yeah, <laughs> I um, 20th Century Woman made me laugh, it made me cry, and like the ending hit me right in the feels. And I guess I'm I'm a film reviewer and lover that uh, I really have to like feel something in the end uh, to really really enjoy a film, and The Lobster. I mean, it made me feel really bleak and sad, and uh, that's okay. You know, they were going for that. But uh, I, I'm just going with 20th Century Woman just because it made me feel a bit more in the heart, I guess. Um, <laughs> and also, there was just so many good lines in there. Like, uh, th- like every scene, I could probably pick out a line that I really enjoyed. So, even though I voted for that, Yorgos Lanthimos and Ephthemus Filippo win 
for best screenplay for The Lobster. So, good job to them. Congrats, congrats. All right. Now, getting on to our main actors and actresses here. Best actor. Well, actually, no. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's start best actor. Uh, <laughs> wait, no. Why not? No. Yeah, no. Restart. Yeah, yeah maybe. So this was a hard one for me, actually, because, like, uh, I guess, like, I didn't feel like there were a lot of, gr- like, amazing, amazing leads this year in the best actor category. Last year, we, uh, I think, picked Oscar Isaac for Ex Machina. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's a very, like, memorable role. Mm-hmm. And this year, like, I there's memorable roles here, but, like, no one that really, like, stands out that takes the cake. So I think this one might have a lot of competition here. So, best actor nominees... We have Colin Farrell in The Lobster, Ralph Innocent in The Witch, Paul Dano in Swiss Army Man, Ashton Sanders in Moonlight, and Shia LaBeouf in American Honey. I don't think I've started out with Kevin yet, so Kevin, why don't you go first? You have, but it's okay. I did Best Supporting <laughs> oh, <okay. All> right. <laughs> Actress. But that's okay, because my okay. first pick yeah. won, so that means that I have good taste in for what anyway i'm continuing so my (laughs) eric you you nailed it there really wasn't anything that grabbed my attention as that level of holy wah um especially when you look at it from um some of the ladies over there uh, i thought they just kind of had a little extra edge when it comes to the comparisons between the leads Uh, So I had to kind of think about who was the most memorable performance for me. What was the one that stood out as being either challenging or um, the dialogue was particularly difficult or it was just something that that actor probably didn't foresee themselves being in that situation to tell the story. Um, So for those reasons, I'm going to go with Colin Farrell in The Lobster. Um, I thought that he had a unique task ahead of him on portraying um, a character that probably hadn't really been portrayed before, right? Someone who was about to be turned into an animal if they were not able to come up with some sort of relation um, with another partner. But I digress. I think that the whole originality that we kind of harped on during the best screenplay discussion makes the the performance of Colin Farrell in this particular film that much more memorable for me because of the absurdist black comedy aspect. He really had to adapt something, especially with so much monotone lines and so much things that really just didn't have a lot of feeling. He had to make it mean something. Um, so for those reasons, I think that Colin Farrell is my vote for best actor in The Lobster. I, I think I might throw a, a little wrench into here because I'm not sure anybody else is going to pick this. So... I'm going to pick Paul Dano in Swiss Army Man. Uh, His role had such a range. Like, at the start of the film, he was almost on the verge of committing suicide. Then he kind of turns into this, like, crazy, crazy man that might have schizophrenia, schizophrenia, but so lovable also on the way, even though he's also, like, kind of a creepy guy, too. And the range of emotions in Swiss Army Man and the way he portrays them that that gives uh, him the award for me. I and I, I love Paul Dano as an actor, and this might be my favorite role he did up there with There Will Be Blood. I probably like uh, Eli Sunday a little bit more in There Will Be Blood uh, as a portrayal by D- Paul Dano, but uh, this is definitely up there for me, and so that's why I'm going to pick Paul Dano. Uh, all right, let's go to Kelly next. I like my Paul Dano's being Riddlers personally. <laughs> I agree. That was fantastic. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for my best actor, I'm going to pick one, 
I'm going to throw in a third person into the ring of uh, votes. And this one from me is going to Ashton Sanders okay. for Moonlight. Um, such a... I feel... Because we're talking about like acting performances, and um, I hope I'm not repeating some of the same things that have already been said, but the range of emotions on his face throughout his performance were so palpable um especially the scene where he gets hit in the face by the guy that he is into Mm -hmm. uh that scene lives rent free in my mind the and that's not the only one i think that the way he was was so real it was just like amazing i don't think i have the vocabulary to keep like describing it but it's just like jaw dropping it's just like that movie's great as we've discussed in in like great detail but i think he performs like the best little as well um that section of the movie i think is my favorite in that adolescence period um and i think largely when i when i'm thinking about it in this context it's because of his performance so he gets he gets the vote from me for sure, yeah. I, I, so I had to pick, because uh, I made the nominee list, um, I had to pick between those three. Like, who who did the best job of all of them? And I, I guess I just, I went with the teenager, because, uh, again, what a range of emotions there. Yeah. And, I mean, Trevante Rhodes, uh, as the adult little, uh, he he holds a lot of the emotions in and then kind of slowly lets them out, which is also a phenomenal job. But Ashton Sanders had to portray him getting the crap beat out of him and, like, so much, too. It. What a job. All right, let's go to Brandon next for Best Actor. Awesome. So, yeah, this was another tough one to decide on. Not, I, I guess, yeah, like like you guys said, uh, it wasn't as bombastic of a assortment of performances, but one of the first ones that, like, immediately came to my mind when I was thinking about this list was Colin Farrell. Uh, he is one of my favorite actors of all time. I mean, he just... He's so good in so many different roles, especially when it's a little weird, depressed guy. I mean, just like looking at his past year, like he had after Yang, he had the Batman, he had Banshees of Inisherin all in one year. Like he is a phenomenal actor, one of the greatest of all time, hmm. but he's not who I'm picking. And uh-huh. I, I hate to <laughs> sure. uh, complicate things because I'm picking someone that no one else has said yet. <laughs> so awesome. this will be an interesting tiebreaker. Um, but I got to go with someone who doesn't get enough respect, I think. And that's Ralph Innocent for The Witch. He, I mean, let's get the obvious one out of the way. The voice. The voice is just so good. Very sexy. Especially like in The Green Knight. Like he's another one of those ones where it's just like so little screen time, but such a presence that's just felt throughout the entire movie. Um, but what he does here as the father and the witch is is so impactful. I love films about conflicted faith. One of the first scripts I ever wrote was heavy on my own conflictions with my faith, my upbringing, my past, and stuff like that. Um, so I love where he takes the character in just kind of this trying to just kind of plow headfirst through all the thick and thin that his family's going through. But at the same time, you can tell that his beliefs and everything that he's devoted his life to is slowly unraveling and just falling apart. And it's a it's a role that like I don't think we always get to see him in is something this emotional and something that can cut 
a little bit deep if you've been in kind of similar situations. But he is a phenomenal actor that I definitely don't think gets enough credit. So, yeah, I'm going to have to make things hard for Cole and uh, go with Ralph. Fantastic. We have our first uh, category where four different people were picked. Ralph Innocent does, like, video game uh, voices, too, right? He does. Right? Yeah, yeah, he does a few. Yeah. I can't... I think he's in Mass Effect. Um, okay. And there's something else he's in. But he, he's one of those ones where it's just, like, I can... As soon as I hear it, I'm just like, oh, my boy Ralph, get in the bag. I'm, I'm, I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> Melts like butter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cole, pick Shia LaBeouf. Do it. Cole, tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am a big Shia LaBeouf fan. Not not of a, mm-hmm. as a person. <laughs> I like him as an actor, <laughs> mostly because I grew up with Even Stevens, and I absolutely love that show. Uh, but for best actor, um, it was really hard. It was really hard. And like, so Paul Dano. I recently went on and watched. Uh, I did not realize how many like amazing movies he was in where he did it like a phenomenal job like batman but then i watched uh prisoners with hugh jackman and stuff he's in that phenomenal i just watched there will be blood again again he's phenomenal in that uh but i didn't pick him he was not my pick um colin farrell absolutely love him i don't know the lobster just didn't utilize him enough to make him worth worthwhile I honestly picked Ralph as well for the witch, so I think that's uh, pretty funny that wow. the only Ralph picks were at the very end. Um, I thought he <laughs> yeah. just did a, a phenomenal job, and the fact that he was able to, you know, do the voice and and say all the you know this crazy dialogue and, and his emotion and all the just the crazy shit that happens in that movie and his you know, portrayal of the father figure as they're going through all this insanity and stuff was just awesome. And that film is all about just like the tension and the vibes and the putting you in that, in that like century and in that era and just feeling it. And he just exudes that throughout the whole entire film. And yeah, so I I had to pick him for this one. Wow. The way you started that, you know, I, I'm just picturing Paul Dano dragged out into an oil field by coal and getting slapped silly now. Jeez. <laughs> Bathe in the blood. Ah, he, he's he's right. fine. He's been right, in so people, many Dana. good movies. I know. You, you gave him his props. Done to my boy. <laughs> All right. Well, the winner for best actor is Ralph Innocent in The Witch. Wow. What a dramatic... Uh, Dramatic round of voting there. Yeah. Very cool. That impressive. Wow. That's some good podcasting. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Best Actress. And like I was saying, uh, this is almost the opposite from Best Actor for me. Or, I mean, like, it's five very, very good nominees. And there's, to me, three very, like, standout performances right here, too. Maybe, maybe four. Like, it, it was extremely hard to pick. And... I will read the nominees, and I think I will go first to start it out, because I have not done that yet. So, Best Actress, Cretia Fairchild in Cretia, Anya Taylor-Joy in The Witch, Annette Bening in 20th Century Woman, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, and Sasha Lane in American Honey. And my pick will be Cretia Fairchild in Cretia. Uh, This was a like small indie film that I had no clue about. And I, I knew of the director Trey Edward Schultz and I knew he did waves 
and uh, I knew he did It Comes at Night, and this was, like, actually, like, his start as a filmmaker, and he literally made this in his family's house, and Krisha Fairchild was this kind of, like, unknown uh, actress before then. She has actually, like, a lot of titles. She hasn't done anything that huge, and the, this film, like, it sh- portrayed addiction and alcoholism so well. Her portrayal of the, like, kind of addict's ex-mother coming back to a family Thanksgiving, uh, it, it haunts me to this day. I still remember this, uh, this character for some reason, just like all the way up to today. Well, obviously because she did such a good job, but this film really surprised me. And so did Cresha Fairchild's portrayal of Cresha. So I will go with, uh, Cresha Fairchild and Cresha. Um, Brandon, why don't you go next? Yeah. So, uh, I, w- I was pretty surprised by, not my pick, but once I finally got around to watching the movie, it kind of made sense. Uh, but my, I'm going with Annette Benning uh, for 20th Century Women. Uh, she, she was someone who I thought initially, because there's so many really interesting characters in that movie, I thought that maybe she wouldn't get enough time to really shine, because I do think she is kind of the tentpole of the relationships that we see in that movie. Um, But later as I was watching the movie, like you really do get to feel just the kind of struggle that that kind of character can go through and how authentic it was. There's like two different like types of performances I can always think of. One like is a performance performance. And then there's one where someone is just so close to being a genuine human being that you could just run into off the street that at first I was like, I don't know if this performance is doing it for me. But then as it went on, it was just because, oh, because this is real life being projected back at me. And I think she did a phenomenal job. I can't believe it took me this long to see this film and see this performance. But yeah, I'm going with her. Alrighty. One vote for Krisha Fairchild and one vote for Annette Benning. Kevin, why don't you go next? Do I have to? Yes. I hate when I have an opinion, and I have to second-guess my opinion because of opinions of other people. And when I respect the opinion of other people, it certainly makes it even harder to stand by my rule. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to switch because I feel (laughs) moved by some of the things that were said, and because Anya Taylor-Joy has the benefit of a unique role and being the complete star of that film focusing around her and her breakout as being someone unknown that that all those factors lead her to a benefit whereas Annette Benning in 20th Century Woman truly has to take everything from all of these characters not only be the centerpiece of the script and the dialogue and all of it but then somehow deliver a unique and different uh, performance to each of the characters that she interacts with she has a different relationship she somehow i mean while she has that still that stalwart character she still has that uniqueness to all of the people involved with that movie she really truly made me feel everything that she was saying was real that all of the emotions she felt from the loss of her husband to just the struggles to raise a son to all of the things that she deals with while being the strong independent woman makes 
that movie as powerful as it does or as it is because of her performance. So Annette Benning is my runaway winner now that I think about it. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about, like, talking out the way you can highlight a name on a list, but then you really think about it from a different perspective. And you're like, no, she truly embodies this award from the best actress perspective. So Annette Benning, 20th Century Woman. Gotcha. All right, cool. How about you next? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, well, I do love Anna Taylor-Joy. Uh, she is amazing, but I did not pick her. Really, really loved the movie Cresha and the fact that I absolutely hated the film because it was so well done and made <laughs> me feel so many emotions and definitely a very realistic portrayal. And the way that Cresha, the actor was able to because I think she's the only actually like classically trained actor or actress in that film like everyone else was just family members and the fact that she was able to carry that whole film was was insanely impressive and very well done but I just I just can't give it to her because Annette Benning did such a phenomenal job in 20th Century Woman um, I really just I want to give it to Kresha, but just Annette Benning. I had I, I had that one as soon as I saw the list. That was my a gut reaction, and it's, I'm sticking with it just because of I you know maybe it's just because I just watched that film. But she did a phenomenal job, and just the depth of emotion that she showed, even without saying anything, sometimes was phenomenal. For sure, I mean, she's you know probably one of the best actresses of all time so that's very fair i believe she has two academy awards right it's american beauty and was there another one oh, i don't uh, remember. well if she's already yeah. won well then i'll give it to Kresha. she doesn't need any more <laughs> <laughs> too late no takes backsies she has not won an a24 oscar cole that's and they right. mean a lot more than the academy awards so well yeah uh, <laughs> you know if you win the award you get a you win a chance to be on our podcast so you know all these people yeah. you're welcome to come now you hear that, Annette Benning? Right. <laughs> Kelly, uh, I know that Annette Benning has already won, but are you going to go a different direction? Yeah, so a winner has already been crowned, but you all are forgetting an actress who, she is that very best actress. <laughs> she is that very witch. I don't know why she's not getting the respect she deserves. It's fine. It's whatever. You think she had it easy? You think it all came to her that she could just break out because her role was really well written? <laughs> I say nay. I say nay. She had to learn how to speak old English, and she did it well with flying colors. She is the best portrayal of being accused of things that you didn't do, but without losing your complete pride, you say nay. It's not me. It's not me. She's great at being annoyed by her little siblings while loving them. She's great at having a lot of strife with her mother while still trying to do all of her duties of the house. Um, and then she's good at being swayed at the end of this movie. And um not really sure um, why she's not getting the love that she earned. Is uh that's that's what it is. That was so, direct shot. I just feel that's, it in my core. That's uh, <laughs> she was my second choice. I'm sorry. She was right. I changed my opinion. She yeah. was my second choice. Yeah. Thank I you. Just thank you. As long as good. we all get apologies, then um, no witchcraft has to happen. <laughs> um, but she she was amazing. So she has my vote. She had my vote. But um, 
I would say that you guys know that I I loved Kreisha. I thought it was a great movie. And you know that I think that Annette Benning's character I really related with mm-hmm. as well. So they're both also um, respectable choices. If if I had to go with my second choice, though, I probably would have gone with Kreisha. Yeah. yeah, that character, like I said, just still haunts me to this day and her portrayal of it for sure. But uh, okay, and a little fact check here. Annette Benning has never won an Oscar. Uh, she's been mm-hmm. nominated four times. And she, I thought she won for American Beauty at least, but wow. she didn't. Uh, she never won. <laughs> wow! Yeah, fact check. So, well, proven she's, wrong. She's got All one right. now, baby. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. All right, everybody. So I think uh, at this point in the podcast, we should probably rename slash uh, re-say our winners of slash these recap. beautiful categories. Yeah, recap. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, best screenplay. We had Yorgos Lanthimos and Ephemus Filippo win for The Lobster. Best Supporting Actress, we had Greta Gerwig win for 20th Century Woman. Best Supporting Actor, we had Mahershala Ali win for Moonlight. Best Actor, we had Ralph Innocent win for The Witch. And Annette Bening won Best Actress for 20th Century Woman. What a group of names we have here. Five Very for five, cool. baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Best Director... Now we're getting hot and heavy here. This is this could really, uh, you know, split us apart as a podcast if we disagree <laughs> here. So let's. Core. All right, best director. The nominees are Robert Eggers for The Witch, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Lobster, Trey Edward Schultz for Cretia, and The Daniels for Swiss Army Man. Cole, let's start with you. Yeah. So. I am a very, very big vibes guy. I really like to kind of feel the kind of the place and the time. And I want to feel like I'm a part of the the film. And I also like to, you know, I think a, a good director is able to convey emotion through, you know, just images and, and sounds and not necessarily the actors themselves. And a movie that I felt like did the best to put me in that time and era is going to be one of my favorite directors who I think I know a lot of us really like him in this podcast, but it's uh, Robert Edgers for the witch. I think he just absolutely nailed just the feeling and vibes and just the, the time frame and just, you know, basically just put you as like a fly on the wall right there in that, in that era. So absolutely loved it. All right, one vote for an A24 favorite, Robert Eggers. Kelly, which way will you go on this vote? I want to keep it brief by just touching on what I like about everybody real quick. <laughs> um, except for Swiss Army Man. Um, I, I know that she everybody really likes fan. that movie, yeah. but I'm not a huge fan. So, it's okay, me either. Um, this is just... just <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> this is my one chance to just kind of like dunk on that movie real quick. Now I'm moving on. Uh, Kreisha had a really unique flavor in it, a really unique taste, really unique uh, camera shots and craziness and great. I called it, what did I call it in the podcast? Um, like an anxiety dunk tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did a really good job with that. Uh, Y'all know that Moonlight is a gorgeous movie with just like the most amazing use of color. I think that you just say the name Moonlight and you see how beautiful that movie is um, and how luxurious they even have uh, skin tones show up on that movie. It's just like 
it hadn't been done quite in that way before, and it deserves a lot of praise. The lobster it gets a lot of praise from me as well for how unique and just like zany in a way that we call it like the black comedy. Yeah, nailed it. And lots of really great shots in there. But I am following Cole and the director that is winning my vote is also Robert Eggers. Um, the witch, as far as I'm, I'm like Cole, I'm also a vibes guy, 100 uh, percent. The vibes of the witch are absolutely on point. The limited color palette gives you that emotion that we kind of want, just like um, really kind of rural, really kind of like uncomfortable, cool, and just like these like slow shots, these looming shots, the amount of anticipation that builds throughout that whole movie and uh, the pacing of it and the, the clear research into the history of that time in order to even make this story. It's all really apparent so that uh gets gets the win from me all right um i think i will sneak myself in here again because i have a different vote i'm gonna pick (laughs) barry jenkins for moonlight um i think this was the best film uh I mean, I can't say it yet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but best directed film of the year um, because the, the cinematography in this, just like the color palette of the film, and also how he kind of took a array of unknown actors and actresses, and it, a lot of directing is directing the actors, and all of these people gave off amazing performances, and these are a lot of people I just have never heard of before, and... That had you had a lot to do probably with the directing, and so Barry Jenkins he he's a like an artist of a director, and I, I wish he did more films uh, more often because I I, I miss uh, you know his touch and his style so much, and yeah I, I got to go with Barry Jenkins for this one, Kevin how about you? Well, Eric led off this segment saying that this sub topic or this. Uh category would divide us it would rock us to our core and then kelly and brandon decide to tag team and jump on my favorite a24 movie just put it to the ground <laughs> like the daniels are nothing and i will not stand for it nay as kelly said nay my vote for best director goes to the daniels for swiss army men for a lot of different reasons For me, I think that their ability to take their classical training as uh, music video guys, and I say that with all of the jest in the world, because they were literally able to take something and transfer it to a 90-minute medium that just, for me, was memorable from start to finish for all of the most amazing reasons possible. I loved the soundtrack. I loved the... Playoff of the two main actors. I loved the script, the way they were able to make everything about it feel unique and different and crazy and zany and still tie in all of these real-world issues and these real-world subjects. I think that that movie was a huge platform for them, for them to continue to kind of base their creativity off of what they could see um, as a result um, on the other side. And I think that it just feels so A24 to me that 
I have to give all of the credit for them taking something that we've talked about it again, just doesn't make sense when you look at it from a script or even doesn't make sense when you're filming it. But then when it's all done and it's edited and it's put together and the way that their vision comes to life on that screen is just can't be understated enough. So uh, or overstated or however we want to look at it. Uh, my vote is for them. Uh, and I just think that more people need to give Swiss Army Man a chance because it's fantastic. And that's what I have to say. Kevin said that and farted off into the ocean. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Brandon, who are you going to pick as our last uh, vote here? All right. I love causing controversy. Um, So, yeah, when I was going through my picks for this one, the two obvious ones that popped up were Robert Eggers and Barry Jenkins. Uh, Robert Eggers is like one of my favorite all-time directors. And after I saw The Witch, I was like, I cannot wait to see what he makes again. With Barry Jenkins, I saw Moonlight and I thought, I don't need to see a single thing from this guy ever again because this is just perfect. Uh, So yeah, Barry Jenkins is my pick. Uh, Moonlight is just a terrific film that, and it can't be understated, uh, how impactful I think Barry's directing is in this uh, from everything that you guys have said from the acting directing to the color choice to just the framework of the film I think is great uh, yeah so I, I was very close to going with Eggers very 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 close but I'm going to have to give it to Jenkins on this one so I guess we need a tiebreaker for sure. And that will go back to Kevin as the lone man that did not pick uh, Barry Jenkins or Robert Eggers. So, Kevin, what will your tiebreaker uh, be? You're going to put me on the spot. And he's got Swiss man haters. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. pick, I can't, I can't pick it that way. of you. Yeah. Um, hey, Kevin, just have, uh, something that might yeah, cool. persuade you is uh, Barry yeah. Jenkins did sell out and is making a Lion King movie. Uh, into the in 2024 <laughs> next film. So Barry Jenkins, Kevin Barry just Jenkins saying. is also a professional wrestler, and he loves oh, wrestling. That that God, is that I, is I'm a hard thing. Oh. That's not true. But you're a lobbyist, liar. <laughs> what is happening? I have made my decision. Kevin loves wrestling. I do. So. I do. Okay. Um, for this particular one, I am going to decide uh, very bluntly that Robert Eggers and The Witch is the winner and the tiebreaker. Um, Here is the reasons why. Uh, uh, We're about to give a whole bunch of roses, I have a feeling, uh, to the previous movie in the next uh, category. Spoilers (laughs) alert. Um, Major reason why for me. uh, Because Robert Eggers absolutely deserves this category, and or at least The the Witch, wow, The Witch, uh, the witch to be mentioned um, as as a winner in this particular year. It stood out for so many reasons. Um, Kelly so apropos put it with her description of Anya Taylor Joy's uh, performance, and of course uh, she is an avowed Robert Eggers fangirl, which you know bleeds through the rest of us uh, as we you know do this podcast with her every week. So for all those reasons, and because I like being the tiebreaker, we're going to go with Robert Eggers and the witch. Fair, fair. All right, I'll, I'll and now to happened. our yeah. All right, now our uh, best picture category: the Grand Salami, the the final award of the night. So this is gonna probably I I don't know if it's gonna be divisive because like Kevin was just saying, we might give roses to Moonlight, but at the same time, The Witch is just like this all time A twenty four favorite, 
and it it like kind of is the aesthetic of A24 when we think about it. There's horror, beautiful cinematography, there's uh, mind-bending in the end, just like so much going on there that I think A24 fans uh, might like it more. The average A24 fan might like it more than Moonlight. Uh, so we'll see. And But obviously, we still have 20th Century Woman and Swiss Army Man and Kresha in this category. And uh, we excluded the lobster from this because... The average rating was actually lower uh, amongst us film reviewers than these other five, these other five films right here. So, um, sorry, Yorgos Lanthimos. Anyway, so our uh, nominees will be The Witch, Kresha, Moonlight, 20th Century Woman, and Swiss Army Man. Brandon, let's start with you here. Sure. Uh, all great movies, all fantastic movies with incredible casts, Incredible directors, incredible creatives behind it. Uh, but I got to go with the movie that came to me at a very formative time in my journey into film and I guess being a critic even. Uh, it really kind of changed my perspective on some things. It really kind of put into light just w what film could be. And this was happening, a couple films had done this uh, at this period in time. Uh, the Babadook made me believe in horror again, and basically Moonlight made me believe in A24. This was kind of the movie that solidified A24 for me. Before, it was just kind of something that I knew of, just kind of something that's just like not really something all that important when I'm picking a movie because at that time I was still like, oh yeah, if I recognize the actor, like I'm going to go see that. But Moonlight was something completely different, taking almost all pretty much just relative unknowns and making such a human and such an artistic piece of work that is one of those movies that it's almost hard to return to just because of how impactful that initial viewing was, that it's almost like I don't want to leave that time that I like saw that for the first time and Moonlight is just an incredible film. It's one, like you said, uh, might not be the conventional pick for most moviegoers. It's a very hard movie, I think, to recommend, especially living here in Georgia. But um, it, it's just such an impactful film, uh, even though like the film doesn't directly target someone like me. I can feel what they're trying to get across, and I can feel the emotion that just comes not only from the director, the cast, the crew, but just years and years in history of just underrepresented voices. And that's why Moonlight is my pick for Best Picture for 2016. Fantastic. Great, great, uh, great review there, too. I mean, not review, but yeah. reasoning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Uh, Cole, how about you next? Um, I mean, it's going to be uh, difficult for me to kind of back that up after that guy, but um, <laughs> I uh, I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I loved all these films. The Witch is one of my favorites. It's A24 to the max, but Moonlight has to win this. I mean, it the cinematography, the story, the, the, the emotion that you get out of it, uh, you know, the first time I watched it, it was extremely impactful. And I think for a picture to be the, like the best picture of the year, it needs to be something that is extremely impactful and honestly might help, you know, change the hearts and minds of people. And I think Moonlight is one of those films that 
you know, it checks the box at every category you can think about. I mean, it has just the cinematography, the story, the acting, the just the emotion, the visuals. It's all all phenomenal, and I just love that movie and got to give it my pick, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, Kevin, are you going to break with the crowd here? Absolutely not. Um, I, right. I, not, not yet. <laughs> I alluded to it during my tie break speech before that this movie was going to get some roses before I knew what you were going to pick, mostly because I know you're all good film reviewers and you understand that this film truly was damn near perfect. Brandon, you had mentioned it earlier that when discussing the director, Barry Jenkins, for this, that this film is perfect and much to do to his directorial you know, prowess and able to take a bunch of, like you said, unknowns and come up with something so impactful. But when you were talking about how this movie is hard to revisit, it felt so true to me because it was kind of a singular experience. And that's so unique in movies. I mean, holy cow, we've seen hundreds if not thousands of movies or tv shows in our lives right and the ones that stick out the ones that are truly an indelible mark on your memory are the ones that need all of the praise all of the awards and all the roses and i'm so glad that the academy got it right when moonlight came out i'm so glad that a24 fans continue to give this movie its due praise even to this day um and I hope that everybody listening to this who has not seen Moonlight, that's the next movie you should watch. It's just that important of a film, and just do yourself the favor. So, best picture, Moonlight, and not to say that it's no contest, because The Witch is incredible. Cresha, we talked about, I mean, Trey Edward Schultz, to be able to create that with the budget of $20,000 in your own home with a bunch of family members as your like actors and actresses incredible that's just mind-blowing um you know 20th century woman an unknown film that kind of takes the quintessential experience of a lot of people um in the film industry and even just in the world and kind of puts it into one uh, digestible format phenomenal uh, swiss army man i mean you heard it during my draft like that's my favorite movie i've said it a time and time again there's just so many great things but um moonlight that stands a, a head above the rest all right kelly are you uh Going to make this a clean sweep here? I would say, you, I think if, if, if everyone's been listening to this podcast the whole time, um, I drink the haterade a lot of the time. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I don't send out a lot of A's, but we have four movies here that I rated all A's. And out of all of those A's, there's a tie. And I think that you probably know what they are if you've been listening. They are the one that's already getting a lot of praise, and it's the one that I have myself given a lot of praise to. <laughs> and I think when it comes to this, all the great things about Moonlight have been said. I'm not going to say it more eloquently than it's already been said. And I agree with all of it. But it comes down to a personal an an antidote. <laughs> the champagne won't let me say that word straight. Okay. We are but a I want to tell you guys. Reviewing podcast. So okay. <laughs> I want to tell you guys why the witch gets my vote for best picture. Okay. Because seven years ago, when this movie came out, Eric and I had just started dating. Eric is the movie guy. 
I'm not the movie person. I wasn't the movie person. I consider myself, I think, one now by the time we've recorded 40-some-odd episodes. But at the time, I didn't even know what a movie studio was. A24 meant nothing to me. I didn't comprehend any of this kind of stuff. I didn't care about it. Uh, I didn't watch the Oscars. All of that has changed. And a huge seed that was planted in me was that Eric and I watched The Witch together. And it blew my mind. I like, I have movies that I like. They're all really campy. The Rotten Tomatoes don't rate them high. (laughs) But they've meant a lot to me. Um, The Witch is one of those that when I saw the amount of like, praise that it got i was like i found like people that are like into the same stuff that i am and can appreciate the same kind of stuff and a lot of people are giving it a lot of praise for those same reasons so it just kind of like opened up a whole new world to me and it all started with that movie if it wasn't because of eric and i watching the witch seven years ago i wouldn't be on this podcast right now and maybe eric and i wouldn't have gotten married who knows so (laughs) (laughs) all of that pressure goes on the witch um and it made that big of an impact so that's why it's getting my pretty good reason to give it you know best picture yeah Yeah, probably i support it and as the last vote here yeah (laughs) Uh, eric's like and i'm not giving it to the witch (laughs) well well, i agree with your sentiments about the witch because like uh i think the witch actually kind of first turned me on to a24 it, it, it was still hard for me. I, I'm going to pick Moonlight, but uh, like, I, there's only two films I rated A plus 24 so far, and that's Ex Machina and Moonlight. And those films, like they kind of break out of the A24 category for me, although they're very A24. They like when I can talk to a random person on the street and uh, they will probably know one of those two films. Uh, but then when I like go into like, oh, you know, Swiss Army Man, uh, they, <laughs> they might be like, ah, I've never heard of that. And then. Yeah, it like those two films really broke out of the quote unquote A twenty four category, and I think that's why Moonlight really deserves uh, Best Picture is because it's not just a good A twenty four film; it's just a phenomenal film in general. And I've uh, I talked about it on our podcast why it personally affected me. I um, grew up bisexual, and uh, it it definitely like had a lot of you know, personal sentiments that affected me when I watched the movie. A lot of things about self-identity and finding yourself that uh, that really hit home for me. So Moonlight is uh, going to win it for me. And with that, uh, I actually have um, a cocktail. Y- you don't have to remake this, Brandon, but uh, it-, it is a cocktail that I thought of. Uh, so, well, okay, my friend Alex Curlis from Superguile also, um, he-, he thought of this too. And it's just basically a Moonlight cocktail where it's going to look uh, blue to purple from top top to bottom. So you have two ounces of white rum, 0.75 ounces of fresh lime, 0.75 ounces of white simple syrup with fresh blackberries. You shake it, pour five ounces of blue curacao. Curacao? Curacao. 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 All right. Yep. I'm not a bartender, but my friend is. <laughs> um, so shake this, top with ice, double strain what you shook on top, and then float butterfly tea on top. And... Uh, that can be our official Moonlight cocktail. Um, I'll, I'll have to like actually remake it in a video or something. Uh, to, Hell yeah. or, or maybe Brandon you can. can yeah. do a, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you can work together. It'll be a yeah. collaboration, I, I think I actually, if you will. I think I might actually have some butterfly pea leaves. Because I have infused gin with it in the past. And yeah, it, it's great for like uh, color-changing cocktails and stuff. So that sounds pretty okay. good. That, that, that's like a, like a blackberry like daiquiri, pretty much. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I, if I can find the materials here, then yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot. For sure. Great. On a random note before we finish, you know you had mentioned yeah. talking about Swiss Army Man to the people on the street. I went to this family reunion, and we were talking about my podcast because that's what comes up when you talk about what you're doing with your life. And literally <laughs> half, half of the people went, I love Swiss Army Man. And half of them went, I hate Swiss Army Man. So it was kind of like <laughs> in this podcast, it's truly a divisive film, even in, yeah. in the world of non-movie reviewers. For sure. That's like what I like about spring breakers as well even though i hate that movie very much and a lot of people love it very much there's very few in between and anything that invokes a strong emotion one way or the other that that get, that gets a lot of credit i think we should yeah, rewatch sure. spring breakers after like 100 a24 movies and then we can just like revisit it again and see if we care anymore. why would you make me do that well, if we have enough uh, fans and supporters by then we could do like a live viewing and um, oh yeah so i'll watch it at once They'll and then comment that. on it yeah, for sure. All right. So we have our winners here. Best Picture, Moonlight. Best Director, Robert Eggers for The Witch. Best Actress, Annette Benning in 20th Century Woman. Best Actor, Ralph Ineson in The Witch. Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali in Moonlight. Best Supporting Actress, Greta Gerwig in 20th Century Woman. And Best Screenplay, Yorgos Lanthimos and Ephthemus Filippo Filippo for The Lobster. All right, that's uh, I think a very solid seven list of movies, and uh, I'm very very happy we did this again. Thank you for listening, and, uh, and also shout check out to yeah, the Martini. Oh yeah, shot. check out the Martini Shot on YouTube. Brandon Johnson here he uh, makes a film review and cocktail slash mixologist uh, YouTube channel called the Martini Shot, where he uh, reviews films and also makes cocktails for those films. So yep, Brandon, do you want to say anything else uh, before we go? I will once again thank you guys for having me back on. It's been a pleasure like last time. Uh, I'm glad you guys have been just killing it uh, so far in your movie watching. And you're starting to get to the point where you're getting to some of the movies that I've made cocktails for. So if you ever hit, yeah. you know, like hereditary and stuff, mm-hmm. hit me yeah. up. I, I, I would be down to talk. Definitely, for sure. All right. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, rate and subscribe and have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye bye.